the upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. What's up, guys? It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. You're listening to the two-man power trip. Oh, my God. This is Joey Styles, and you're listening to the two-man power trip podcast. This is Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. This is Cody Rhodes, the prince of pro wrestling, and you are listening to two-man power trip. This is Jimmy Vine, the boogie Wooker man. Tell my people and my brothers and sisters, don't you dare miss John and Chad. Hey, everybody out there. This is the franchise Shane Douglas. Remember me? <laughs> well, guys, it's great to be on on the show again. I appreciate you asking me back. So you said you were going to pinch yourself. I didn't know it was that kind of show now. I mean, if you guys are in the privacy of your own home, if you want to do these things. Good. How you doing, Chad? Hey, Johnny. Cool, man. What's going on? We ready to go or what? Okay. Hey, man. What's up, guys? This is Homicide. Oh, that's my homie. Homicide with a big homie club. Yeah, that would be it. Hey, this is David Penzer, and this is the two-man power trip of wrestling. Well, thank you, thank you. Hear me, fear me. I don't do many wrestling shows anymore, probably because I'm a bit ignorant. You guys probably know ten times more than I do. Look, Mean Gene, I can't be beat. I'm the greatest of all time. And I would say that. And every kid, I, they knew they could kick the out of me. Great talking to you guys. It's been your pleasure. <laughs> They've worked in and around the wrestling business. They've studied thousands of hours of wrestling. And now... They bring to you the greatest legends, Hall of Famers, creative minds, and both current and future stars of pro wrestling. They are Primetime Pod and Chad, the two-man power trip of wrestling. Has stated time and time again he was upset with Drake Maverick for not involving him in the Cruiserweight Championship tournament earlier this year. Oh, oh, oh. there he stops on a dime. Look at Leo Rush, he's just having fun. Oh, and Delaney crashing to the floor right in front of Tozawa. And Rush all the way down onto Delaney. Oh, oh. cover count. Leo Rush, impressive once again. Here is your winner, Leo Rush. What can, I mean, what can't you say about Leo Rush, Percy? I mean, two impressive victories. Hey, look, this two is the two-man power trip of wrestling, and you are listening to another great episode here, sponsored today by Blue Chew and BlueChew.com. If you didn't know by now, my name is Chad, and as always, I'm joined by my tag team partner here on the two-man power trip, the one and only JP, John Paz. And John, today we stick in WWE land for another week as we welcome in WWE superstar and the man of the hour, Leo Rush, joining today's program. And Leo Rush is joining us to talk all about his brand new single, Scenic Lullaby, which he just dropped very, very recently. A very deep, dark look into the world of Leo Rush, a guy who's very vibrant, who's very energetic, and very, uh, very vocal when he's on the television screen. Well, this time we flip the coin over and you get a very deep look into the life of Leo Rush, almost like a poetic look into the life 
of Leo Rush, something that I don't think you or I expected as we went into this interview. So, John, as I welcome you in here now, let's talk about Leo Rush here. I think we definitely had an idea of what we could expect. We've watched him wrestle. We see the innovation with the high-flying moves. We see stuff that we've never seen before in the ring. But I think we saw stuff that we never anticipated outside the ring in this interview. Yeah, you know, sometimes when you get a sense of a guy's character or you read stuff on the Internet, which, of course, don't always believe it. But when you read stuff you see on the Internet and you're seeing this character on TV, heelish, you know, dickish kind of character, you always think like, man, this guy, it is who it is. He could be, you know, a little bit of a scuzzball or you just don't like the guy. You know, you're just like, man, this guy rubs me the wrong way. And you almost kind of, in a way, without really realizing, you almost suspend your disbelief and you're not paying attention to it. And you just naturally don't like the guy. And you think that's who he is and who he's become. And you, know, you don't think like, oh, this, this guy's a family man. He has kids. He has a wife. He's away from the ring. He's such a nice guy. And, oh, but who knew, you know, inside the ring is such an asshole so it's one of those things where it's like maybe you know subconsciously not only did a lot of wrestling fans maybe us maybe subconsciously we're thinking who is this guy really and what is he all about and maybe we should read you know read into this and we should believe what we're reading on the internet and i think we found out in this interview not necessarily true and maybe we probably shouldn't be believing everything we read on the old net you know maybe they're not accurate or maybe somebody has an agenda or maybe somebody's feeding somebody some false information and maybe the narrative out there is incorrect so i always think that it's uh, quite an interesting thing when you actually interview the guy and talk to the guy and really kind of dig deep and we do i mean we almost go basically an hour here and and we get a really deep conversation with him and you kind of learn who he really is and kind of discover who he is as a person and and as a man and that character was just what it was, just a character, just a gimmick. He's just on TV playing a heel. That's not who he really is. And maybe his confidence behind the scenes let people think he was arrogant. Maybe people think he was kind of an asshole. Maybe people kind of think that this guy is cocky. He's above it all. But maybe that's just, you know, that, that quote-unquote, that cocky confidence, as uh, a famous man used to say. You know, you know, they're just cocky confident. It's not bad, you know, necessarily. Early, it's just that they believe in themselves and, you know, they don't kind of care what other people think as far as, oh, this this guy is this way, this guy is this way. No, he's focused on his home life. He's focused on his family and he's focused on being the best that he could be. Yeah. I mean, want to go down the list? I mean, we hear it still to this day about our co-host on the Triple Threat podcast, the franchise. We hear that he's so hard to deal with and he's such a, an asshole and he's this and he's that. When he's none of that, he's quite possibly the nicest guy you're going to meet. We know it with Vince Russo. People have a misconception about Vince Russo that once you get to talk to him and hear that you can't ze- separate the character from the guy. Same thing with Eric Bischoff. People have their, mm-hmm. their opinions yep. about Eric Bischoff. He's a jerk. He's this, he's that. Anytime we've dealt with them or we've interviewed him or we've seen him kind of interact with people, we've never really seen that bad side of Eric Bischoff. So, yeah, it's a misconception based off of the television screen. But like I had said to Leo as we were getting to the end of the wrap-up, that means that you're doing your job the right way. Now, it might not be great when it carries over into real life, but at the ripe old age of 24, which, I mean, it's crazy to think he's still that young, he does a very good job at what he does on front of the uh, the television screen there. That's another thing you got to realize. When you're 24, it's completely different than you know, being 34, 44. So you, you got to cut him a little bit of slack. I know people say, oh, 
always an adult and, and you, you, you can't come up slack this and that. You know, if he is being maybe a little cocky or, or maybe overly confident, you got to cut the guy a little bit of slack. You know, maybe you're, you're kind of pushing it too far or, or maybe he says something on social media that you don't like or maybe that he shouldn't have said. And, you know, you just got to, you know, think about the aftermath of it. And obviously he would apologize for it. And, and he has apologized for anything that he said on social media that wasn't correct or he felt was out of line and, and not right. So, you know, sometimes you got to cut the guy a little slack and then sometimes you got to think with your head and realize, Oh wait, it's just a character. Like you said with Russo and Bischoff, it's just a character. It's not who they really are. They're just trying to, you know, get some heel heat on TV and, and, you know, it's not really necessarily how they are in real life. And I just think it's so interesting that there are some people online. And of course, you know, maybe some dirt sheets and, and different things like that that do have agendas and they do hear things from certain people and they're like, Oh, you know, Leo rush this and Leo rush that. Well, maybe you really got to sit down and get to know him like we did in this interview and really kind of delve deep and look and see about how creative he is and how different he is and how unique he is and how he doesn't necessarily like to go with the flow and just be that quote unquote wrestler guy. He wants to do paranormal podcasts. He wants to do different things like therapy videos and create music. So he's definitely a different cat. And uh, I think it's kind of cool in, in a certain way. And I think that if some people don't get it, like you said, they just don't get it. You move on from them and you kind of go in your own direction. Yeah, absolutely. And now in this day and age, you can grow up in front of the, uh, the the wrestling fans. And you know what? This guy is growing up literally in front of our eyes. We've seen him uh, branch out. And with this single, you'll get to hear a little piece of it. After the interview, you just get to see exactly what John was saying, as well as look deep into the uh, the soul here of uh, Leo Rush. So, John, I mean, this is a great look uh, into the career, into the uh, budding career still of a guy who's got a lot to offer. But I like kind of turning to you for this, like a keys to the game kind of thing. What is the one thing you think we should look out for in this interview today with Leo Rush? I really think it is the, the WWE stuff. And I know maybe that's the obvious answer, but I really do like that because he talks about how he gets into NXT and then he's immediately kind of doing NXT UK. And then he's almost jumping into 205 so quickly and so fast. And then boom, he's on Monday Night Raw. And then boom, they team up with Lashley. And then boom, just like that, he's not on TV. So that is such an interesting kind of part of the interview where you really go through the process and how quickly it all kind of comes and goes with the WWE and how many different things that he did. And obviously 205 Live played a part in that as well. So many different aspects of WWE that he was a part of. So he's wrestling and he's managing and then he's not really managing. He's really a hype man and he's doing these different things. But through all of that, I love how you know you go through all that and you get to the WWE and right now he's kind of waiting to almost make that return to get back to the WWE. But you, as you're going through that, he's kind of discovering himself. And like he said, you know, he's writing more things in the resume, so to speak. It's like, okay, I didn't realize I could do that, but I'm good on the mic. I'm really good at getting heat. I'm really good at that. So as he's kind of growing and learning and learning more about the business, he's actually growing and learning more about himself. And I think that was a really, really cool part of the interview where you're thinking to yourself, wow, you know, this guy went through WB so quick. And he was a part of basically every organization that they have whether it be nxt nxt uk 205 live raw you know he's kind of running the gamut there he's doing so many different things but he's really learning and growing each way you know each step along the way 
Yeah, you're absolutely right. And still, I think maybe the best yet to come because he's uh, got such a career ahead of him. And now he's delving into the musical land, the podcast world, which we know can be uh, quite tricky. So uh, we're keeping our eyes on Leo Rush, a guy who's already uh, hitting a high point in his young career, only six years in. But definitely a lot more to come, and we will be uh, kind of watching him with that, uh, that, that that fine glass, you know, that, that magnifying glass. We'll have it straight on Leo Rush and see where we go from here. So as we wrap it up and get into this interview, we want to remind you that if you haven't been able to join us yet, head on over to Vince Russo's brand. You can check out the Triple Threat podcast featuring John, myself, and our ho- co-host, the franchise, Shane Douglas, every single week. You can catch us on video as well as the traditional podcast audio. Uh, brand new episodes dropping every single Friday. And uh, they're getting funny. They're getting great. They're getting very informative. And we're going to take uh, as much of the opportunity we can to dive deep into the career of the franchise, Shane Douglas. So, uh, yeah, I guess there's not much else to say except strap in. This is going to be a fun one in typical Leo Rush fashion. Look up to the sky because you might be jumping over your head as you're listening to this one. So let's uh, wrap it up nice, hit you with a little bit of two-man power trip of wrestling business and get it on over to the man of the hour, Leo Rush. Now for some TMPT business. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Two Man Power Trip and at Wrestling Pal. Please subscribe to us on YouTube. Also, subscribe to us on iTunes. Please leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. Also, while on iTunes, check out the feed for prior legendary episodes featuring the living legend Bruno San Martino, the late great American Dream Dusty Rhodes, the Enforcer Arn Anderson, Ray Mysterio Jr. Glenn Kane, Jacobs, the phenomenal AJ Styles, lead WWE attorney Jerry McDivitt, and so many others. Also, while you're on the internet, check out ProWrestlingTees.com. Yes, that is ProWrestlingTees.com. They are your superstore for all your wrestling t-shirt needs. Check out our page. Check out Tito Santana, Coco Beware, Kevin Thorne, Magnum TA, and so many others. Also, while you're on the web, check out our website, tmptofwrestling.com. And for all you Android users, please hit us up on Google Play or Player FM. And all you iOS users, please check us out on TuneIn Radio, Automatic, Spotify, and now iHeartRadio. And now, without any further ado, a former CZW World Heavyweight Champion, a former WWE Invitational winner, he was up... NXT 205 Live, of course, he is a WWE superstar. He is the man of the hour, Leo Rush. Please enjoy. Forever, don't tell me I'm not. 
headline tonight is a WWE superstar who is known as the man of the hour. And of course, in his career so far, you can add former CZW World Heavyweight Champion, a 2016 Ring of Honor Top Prospect winner, as well as so many other accolades and things he's done in his couple of years here he's had in the world of professional wrestling. He is the one and only Leo Rush. Leo, thank you for joining the two-man power trip of wrestling. Yes, thank you guys so much for having me. I'm pretty excited about this. <laughs> yeah, I, I can I see that. You know, you got a lot going on, and obviously <laughs> we're here to talk about your brand new single that you just dropped, Scenic Lullaby, uh, a very, very interesting uh, piece of music that we're getting ready to talk about here tonight. But please tell us what you got going on with this uh, this very, very cool uh, single that you just dropped. Yeah, thank you guys. Um, it's been incredible, the response for it has been absolutely incredible and pretty overwhelming, but in a good way. Um, it's been something that I've been working on for uh, a little while now and um, something that kind of hit home for me and something that I kind of put my heart into. So I'm glad that the response for it has been um, nothing but positive. That's so cool, man. Yeah, I was reading through some of the comments on the YouTube video as well as kind of, uh, you know, creeping through Twitter and seeing what everybody has to say about it. And it really is uh, hands down positive across the board. But I got to tell you, the one thing that we know your style and you're so electric and what you do in the ring and you've got all these great innovative uh, moves that you do. Your lyrics for this song are they're they're haunting, they're intriguing. There's so much to it. I'd love to know kind of how the song came about and what these words mean in this because it is a deep, deep song. Yeah, definitely. Um, I feel like uh, a lot of people are always so shocked when they when they uh, talk to me in person or they uh, they kind of like find out that I'm not the character that I kind of portray uh, on screen. And um, I, th I think I'm a pretty, uh, I'm a thinker. I'm like a deep, I'm always like deep in thought. Um, and I have always been interested in poetry. And that was my, that was my, uh, my first thing before um, I even started to think about doing a song. Um, I always did like spoken word poetry and uh and I've always, you know, written in my notes and stuff like that. And um, this was the first one that, like I said, kind of like hit home for me. I felt like this was the right time to kind of put it out. And I've always been pretty open about like my personal life and the struggles that I've been through in my life and my upbringing and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it's a pretty, it's a pretty deep thing. And I'm I, again, I'm super excited and uh, I love watching all of the responses and the comments saying um, that lyrically it's a pretty, you know, deep uh, song and that it has some substance to it, which is, which is awesome to read. Now for a song like this, I mean, has there been ideas kind of floating around your head for a long time that you kind of brought together as like one big concept, or is this something that you sat down pen to paper and were like, this is what I want to accomplish by putting this song together? Um, no, I, I wasn't, I don't think I was really trying to accomplish anything. Uh, like I said, I've always been pretty open with uh, my personal life. And um, I feel like I've been pretty quiet over the past couple of months and stuff like that. You know, I've been sitting home and, and spending some time with some family and just having some time to, you know, write and uh, kind of think in my head about a lot of things. And I feel like um, 
uh, with this particularly, I did, uh, I've been working on this, um, you know, pen to pad for a couple of months now. And it started off as a spoken word um, poetry. And uh, I was just randomly going through beats one day. And I'm like, oh, man, this actually sounds pretty, pretty dope to this. So let me just like make it into to a song. And um, yeah, that's kind of how that how that came about. But um, I just wanted to put out something that, you know, people could uh, feel that people could uh, relate to and something that, you know, um, made them feel like they were kind of going through a ride and going through a story. So I'm glad that it turned out the way that it did. Yeah, oh, I completely agree. And it's funny, too, because it's got that spoken word feel to it. And if you did, you took away the beat, you could listen to it as a standalone, just a, a lyrical kind of display because it has that actual vibe to it of just, you know, you're having, you're like listening to somebody's inner monologue almost, you know? And, and as we oh, kind of, yeah, yeah. and as we've kind of gotten to know you, you know, on television, you know, John and I, we've been seeing you perform at shows for, for years now. So, you know, I'm listening to this and I'm watching the video kind of trying to see like where pieces connect. And, you know, does any of this kind of link up to things we've seen from you in the past? But I got to say, it's like it's almost like a whole new side of you that we get to see by you throwing all this out there. Definitely. Thank you. And that, that's that's kind of all I, I want. I want people to to see, you know, what I am, uh, what I'm capable of and, you know, show people that I'm not just like a one trick pony and that I have other goals and other dreams and other passions. And there's um, almost like different levels to my personality. And it's cool that I get to, to showcase this especially in front of, you know, so many people that have been wanting to to see more from me lately. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's very, very cool. And, you know, and I think the whole, uh, just the whole thing for you to do that, it's in this day and age, nothing really surprises anybody, but I think this one is catching wrestling fans off guard because, again, like I said, we <laughs> see we see you as a guy, you, you know, you've got such a, uh, you know, a vibrant personality, you know, you're the man of the hour, but this is really slowing it down, man. I got to say, it's, it's really, it's opening up your world to the rest of, you know, the quote universe. Definitely. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. So what's the overall plan in terms of where music goes from here for Leo Rush? Oh, man. Um, I feel like, uh, I, first of all, I definitely want to say I feel like everything happens for a reason. And um, the fact that I've been able to kind of like take some time to, like I said, be home and, and spend some time with my with my kids and my wife and and, you know, be able to put some time into something else that I've dreamed about doing for a while now, you know, growing up in uh, a musical uh, family and always thinking to myself that maybe I might uh, dabble in music one day. Um, it's, it's just been, it's just been incredible. The, and again, like the responses that I've been having for this has definitely opened my eyes uh, a lot. And, um, it's, it's making me feel like that I do have a potential future in, in, um, in the music industry. And right now, I'm definitely, uh, again, overwhelmed with, the, with this single. The, it's been crazy. And um, I'm just going to try to push this as much as I can. And um, again, I'm a writer, so I, 
I definitely would love to uh, come out with more in the future and hopefully one day, uh, you know, creating uh, an album. That would be a very, very cool. And the thing with you, like you said, you're a writer, creative and stuff. I always like to check out your social media and see where you're up to. And you see some videos and those therapy videos really were like, wow, what the, <laughs> this is so interesting. What the hell is this? What, you know, what's going on? Such, it is a different, definitely like unique and creative and definitely a different look at you. But tell me, you know, a little bit more about those therapy videos. Very cool stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's so funny that you brought that up. I'm so happy that you brought that up. Um, yeah, I feel like I've, um, I mean, there's no secret that I've, that I've been going through some things lately. And uh, I feel like it was something cool to do. And um, again, I love creating content that people can relate to. I want I want them to feel like that they're a part of the video and that they're a part of the experience uh, as well. And, um, you know, I just think that that was such a unique idea that just popped up in my head one day. It's like, okay, we got a kid that is, well, a kid to some people, um, but we got a, a guy that's out here. He's kind of going through some things. What is he doing when he's at home? Uh, and I just thought about therapy and I just felt like that was something that a lot of people could relate to. So I wanted to do these like parody videos of me, uh, of me going to therapy. And I feel like, um, it was pretty easy to come up with because I've actually been in therapy before. So, uh, I just, I just, uh, again, I just wanted people to feel like they were a part of something that they were, you know, um, in with, you know, how I felt and things like that. So, uh, I'm glad that it was something different other than wrestling, um, that people can kind of see, and look at and be entertained with as well. Definitely entertained. There's no doubt about that. A very, you know, very funny, but like a cool little uh, look at, you know, what you could be doing or right from the wrestling ring and what, you know, what this therapy session could be like. So what was the kind of the process when you're making these videos and, and you're, you know, kind of writing it and thinking up and these different ideas pop in your head, like, you know, st- like almost like a storyline wise, like each, obviously each therapy session is a little bit different. Oh yeah. Um, I've, uh, Man, this sounds, this is crazy. I've always, I have so many like dreams and and goals and stuff. And before I started wrestling, I actually uh, went to Full Sail University for um, a few semesters because I wanted to be a, uh, I I studied cinematography and I wanted to be like a film director. And that kind of helped me with uh, writing out stuff too. And um, the process for that was was really fun. I sat down with my wife and I sat down with the guy who actually played the therapist in the video and just tried to like think about different topics and what we wanted to to hit, just have like an end goal for every episode. And the majority of those have been improv. Uh, So it was super awesome to, to film those. And I'm actually still filming those, but um, man, it was so hard to get through those because it's a lot of it is just dry humor, <laughs> and uh, yep. it took us so long to get through the episodes because we just kept laughing the entire time. Um, but yeah, the process for that was was pretty fun. I like that you're showing a bit of range too. You know, doing a little bit of different characters and, and stuff in those therapy videos. So you know, that's like a cool thing. You mentioned full cell though. Is that? pre-NXT or was that while you were in NXT? 
Oh, no, this was pre-NXT. This was before I was even on the independent scene. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, right after I graduated high school, um, I, I went to Full Sail University, and this was the year that the Performance Center actually opened up. And uh, half of the reason was, yes, I wanted to be uh, I wanted to be a student at Full Sail, but another part of that reason was, hey, let me move down to Orlando. I want to be a professional wrestler, too. Let me see if I can get in the Performance Center. I thought that it was like a, you know, anybody could try out or anybody could like mm-hmm. sign up. And um, a few semesters in the full cell, I, I started to realize that, uh, I started to realize and I started to learn that this isn't, you know, just something that anybody can sign up for. So it kind of discouraged me a little bit from being in Orlando. So I decided to move back home to Maryland and that's when I started my professional wrestling career at Maryland Championship Wrestling, which is where I uh, I trained. And, um, yeah, that's how Full Sail Full happened. And it's kind of interesting and ironic, you know, obviously years later, they do notice you. You do go to NXT, and, you know, you get the developmental contract. And so, you know, it's almost like a little cool circle that happened there. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. It was crazy to be back in Florida. And I always think about to this day, I wonder what would have happened if I would have stayed in Orlando. You know, my career mm-hmm. might not even have even uh, panned out the way that it has um, already since I, uh, you know, that's how I was able to sign with the WWE was because I made uh, a name for myself from the independent circuit. So, you know, maybe if I didn't move back to Maryland, I wouldn't even, <laughs> I wouldn't even be here. True. Uh, you definitely got noticed with Shane Shamrock Cup teaming with Patrick Clark. You know, you definitely got uh, def for noticed big time uh, from MCW and in Maryland Championship Wrestling. Yes. So yes. it's definitely. It seems like it, a really good springboard as far as the Bone Breakers and MCW and the training there. Was it uh, you know an easy transition from you getting into wrestling, getting training, and then getting noticed? Because it, it seemed like it happened rather quickly for you. Yeah, man, it was uh, it was it was quick. It was it was really fast. Um, you know, when I started training, it took me about seven, like six to seven months before I got booked on my first show. Um, but man, it was it was rough. Uh, I, it definitely took a lot of sacrifice. Um, you know, I I had a newborn. Um, I didn't have a car. I didn't have a job. And I was driving an hour away from home every day. Well, not even driving because I didn't have a car. I was carpooling with Patrick Clark. And uh, it was a, it kind of like ruined my personal life. But yeah. I mean, I guess that's, that's what it takes to, to, to make it as a professional wrestler. It just takes tons and tons of, uh, of sacrifice. And that's what I wanted to do. I just wanted it so bad. Um, yeah, it's crazy. I forgot what the question even was because I'm so wrapped up in thinking about how uh, crazy that entire time period was and what it took for me to to make it to this to this level. Well, basically, saying it kind of came to you rather quickly and rather smoothly, but you like you're talking about there was a ton of sacrifice, and it's interesting to to say, like to see Patrick Clark, who fans who don't know is obviously the Velveteen Dream, and it's interesting to see how far he has come as well. So. 
obviously you guys had great training. Obviously, you know, you guys had the tremendous skill and the charisma and everything else to be able to kind of move up the ranks so quickly. But were you kind of surprised that both of you, you know, riding those cars, doing the carpool together, you both end up making it? Yeah, I, I, I always knew, and my my trainer or our trainer, um, he always knew. He always knew that um, we were going to make it to the WWE, and he also knew that our paths were going to be completely different. Um, you know, with Patrick being a much bigger guy, um, he he was bound to get the uh the first look at wwe and that's exactly what happened we started off as a tag team and and uh he got noticed from the wwe he he made it to tough enough and during his time in tough enough i had to um kind of carry my own and uh you know bust my ass to show that i can do things on my own so that's i feel like everything happened for a reason like him going to tough enough just fueled the, the the fire, you know. Um, it made me work that much harder. It made, it, it pushed me uh, to my absolute limit to uh, to reach that level of success too at um, at that age and that amount of time um, in our short careers. And uh, yeah, it was. I always knew that we would make it with him getting that that quick first look because he was charismatic. He was, he had the look and he was dedicated. His work ethic was, was on point. And, um, I had all of the above. I just had that, that slight, <laughs> that short advantage, hmm. um, the disadvantage. And, uh, I had to, uh, kind of show my worth on the, uh, on the Indies and make a name for myself to get, to, to try to get noticed. And, um, luckily that, that happened for me. Yeah. Whether it be obviously MCW restart or CZW or ring of honor, winning the top prospect tournament, you know, getting signed with ROH match with Jay lethal. I mean, there was always these little things that kind of came up, but I think when you really kind of separated yourself, when you were doing those crazy entrances, like in CZW and stuff, you have that awesome kind of eerie music and those weird yeah. entrances, and you really, you know, kind of, uh, got a lot of attention so to speak and, and so many people were paying attention to that is that just one of those things where your creative juices are just flowing you're like oh i want to do something different i want to do some crazy all right you know here we go i'm just going to do a crazy entrance man i it's so it's so crazy that that is what people remember on on my time on the indies and because yeah well that was something that um i just thought that the czw kind of community knew about um and for that's literally like the first thing that pops up uh, when anybody is asked, "Oh, what did you think about Leo Rush from the Indies?" And they always say, "Oh, his Blackheart entrances are always so cool." And that was something that you know I didn't even really think that hard about. Um, I was honestly, and I, I remember saying this in, a, in an interview um, about a year ago or a little over a year ago, and uh, that kind of happened super organically. I was. Around that time in my life, I was I was really depressed. I was uh, I was going through a lot of things, and I felt like I couldn't be the Leo Rush that everybody else was so used to. And I was like, man, how can I portray how I feel in front of everybody else, um, so that I can be comfortable in my own skin? 
And I said, I'm just going to try something different. So I just painted that black heart on my chest and started coming out to that eerie music. And I wanted people to feel what I felt. I wanted people to experience, you know, that like, that almost like pain and uh, suffering that, that I felt in my personal life on screen. And I think that's why it did catch on. So, so quickly and it spread so um so quickly um and it had that impact because it was it was relatable and people could feel that there was something uh authentic about it it was definitely creative as hell i mean it was so different especially at, at that point but very you know very cool like you said people can kind of experience the pain or almost kind of feel what you're going through see what you're going through very, very cool. It definitely made you stand out. Do you feel like things like that, obviously your athletic ability is amazing and you're a great wrestler, good worker, you, know, you can do all these different things in the ring, but do you think the entrances, do you think that sets you apart? Do you think that kind of puts you on that WWE radar when they see guys doing something different rather than just wrestling moves? I think so. I, I think so. I'm, I'm always about, I want to get people emotionally invested into what I'm doing. Um, and although, like I, like you said, I can do like the flips and the flops and all that other stuff. And, uh, I, I love, I love making people feel a certain kind of way. And that's why I love playing the, the character that I was playing. And at, and anytime I'm playing a character, I'm always like all in 150%. I'm, I'm I'm always going to give it the best that I got. If I'm if I'm playing a heel, I want people to hate me. I want them to hate me so bad. If I'm playing a baby face, I want them to love me and I'm going to do everything to make them love me. And uh I definitely think that that set me apart was that I was one of the few guys on the independent circuit that could do this and that, but um I always um portray myself as someone who can do more and can offer more and uh, bring more to the table rather than just my athletic ability. And it is cool to kind of change it up and be different and not just use the athletic ability because you could definitely stand out above others more by being different and doing different things. So when you get signed, you know, basically you get a developmental deal and you end up in WWE, you know, are you being recruited? Like I was curious, are you getting signed by somebody specifically? You know, I don't think um, certain guys are out there necessarily just signing guys. Obviously, you're being recruited at some point. They got their eye on you. How do you kind of know that? Oh wow, you know Triple H or whoever, whoever you know is looking at me uh, over at WWE. You know, I I I don't know. I was uh, I was super shocked when I when I got the call that. Um, that WWE wanted to sign me and uh I came up with a, a really cool class um I believe it was me uh Donovan Dijak Adam Cole Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish and uh I was like man what a incredible class that I get to come up with you know these guys that have been like independent you know superstars independent like legends stuff like that um and i get to be a part of that my name is with those guys um but i i i didn't i didn't know i didn't know what to think i was just i was just so focused and so ready to go and and ready to prove um that i uh that i worked hard for 
for my spot and my position and um I wanted to prove to to everybody that you know even though I'm you know 20 what was I 22 at the time when I got signed uh, that I can be you know one of the greats at at um at a young age and it didn't matter you know how much experience you had in the in the business that you can accomplish uh anything um no matter you know how long you've been in the business Hey, let's pause one second to tell you all about the benefits of using Blue Chew. Guys, remember the days when you were ready to go? Well, now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in the bedroom with a little help from the Triple Threat Podcast and the two-man power trip. So listen up, bluechew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they are chewable, they work up to twice as fast as any other pill so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Now, if you know anything about our show, we've always got to be ready. But with Blue Chew, if you can benefit from extra function and more confidence where it counts, then Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Most guys talk a good game, but Blue Chew helps you follow through. So right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com, get your first shipment for free when you use the promo code FRANCHISE and just pay $5 shipping. Again, use the promo code FRANCHISE and pay just $5 shipping. Again, it's bluechew.com, B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Use the promo code FRANCHISE and try it for free, courtesy of your friends over at the two-man power trip of wrestling and the Triple Threat Podcast. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, and faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring our podcast. I think one of the coolest things about you being on NXT and obviously being on TV and getting a lot of experience as far as that. But I think what's cool was a feud with Velveteen Dream. It's almost like, wow, I'm you know, wrestling my old friend, my old running buddy, the guy you know we used to carpool together. Was that kind of a cool experience when you're not only in NXT, you're on TV, you, know, you get a nice little push, you're wrestling your old buddy, you know, your old training partner on TV? Yeah, that was, man, that, that was, I can't even begin to, I don't even know how to describe that moment. Uh, and, I, and I found out that day. And what a lot of people also don't know is that the referee for that match, match was uh, Jessica Carr, and she was also um, an MCW trainee, and she was in that first MCW class that me and Patrick were in. So for all three of us to be in the ring, um, it was such a surreal feeling. And uh, it was also bittersweet too because I knew that it wasn't gonna that it wasn't gonna last very long. Um, but that was that was pretty cool to get to have that moment, you know, with with everything that we've gone through before, you know, getting signed to the WWE, leading up to to that moment, getting to Russell Patrick uh, in my debut match was was awesome. It it literally made everything, all the sacrifice all the the hardship worth it so cool and obviously one of those kind of full circle moments or obviously when you're kind of coming up and you're training together you probably thought that'll never happen or or, you know yeah you know know, what what are the odds of that right it's like what are the odds of that happening exactly (laughs) so obviously you know when you're there you are on tv a lot you're getting a push you know, what's your experience like there? Because as you're going through, you end up winning the UK Invitational Tournament about a year ago or so, and you end up wrestling 
Pete Dunne for the UK title. You know, how, how do you feel like you're progressing there? Because it seems like they're you know they're using you in a lot of different ways and kind of pretty good. I, you know, I think that the run, if you will, is going pretty good. Yeah, yeah, it was. Everything was moving so fast. It, it was, it, it was literally like I blinked and I was in like a different part of the company. Uh, you know, from from having that the, the small run that I had in NXT to to them putting me in that that Invitational tournament WrestleMania weekend and getting to have some like some semi NXT UK experience, and then you know a couple months later getting signed at 205 Live and then a couple months later doing Mixed Match Challenge and then Monday Night Raw. It was it was uh, it was incredible. It's almost as soon as I was feeling comfortable in one spot uh, they moved me right to the next thing. So I had to adjust uh, pretty quickly. Um, but it was awesome. I, 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 I truly don't remember ever seeing uh anybody you know in so many different things and getting moved to so many different positions and getting the opportunities uh that i had um and it was it was awesome it, it was incredible yeah they had to move around a lot like nxt and then kind of doing the uk thing you win that tournament then you rest and be done and then eventually a few months down the road you're on 205 live and you know, obviously they're really trying to push that brand and make it a separate brand. What were your thoughts when, when it was going to be two or five lifetimes? Um, I really didn't know what to expect or what to think. I didn't know what the plans were. I just knew that I'm finally getting to do what I've always wanted to do. And that was wrestle in front of, you know, thousands and thousands of people and show them what I can do in the ring, uh, as well as getting the opportunity to wrestle in front of the people that were watching at home um, on the network. I was just excited to, uh, to, you know, have somewhere to wrestle where my parents could watch me, where my, where my son could watch me. Um, and, you know, every week they got to tune into the network and, and watch me wrestle. So, that was uh, that was honestly all I, I that was the only thing that I was thinking about during my time in so far because um, again my time on the independent circuit was was nothing but sacrifice you know I was never I was never around my family I was never home so for them to uh, for them to actually be able to watch me wrestle but this time on television was was pretty cool. And you do go on a bit of a winning streak there first, beating, you know, Noam Dar, Akira Tozawa. I mean, you're, you're going along strong, obviously, eventually. You, you know, you hit some losses, some bubble roads. So what was your feeling on 205 Live? Because they definitely give you more time, and they definitely, you know, let you showcase your skills, and they definitely let you wrestle more. So is that kind of what you're enjoying, or did you kind of want to almost expand your character a little bit and not just be, like we said before, not just be a wrestler guy, but be able to kind of, broaden your horizons like you did in CZW and obviously like you're doing now with videos and stuff like that. Oh no, it was, uh, it was awesome. My time in 205 was, was so cool. And, and, um, you know, the guys that I've, that I got to wrestle were amazing. Uh, 
And I feel like a lot of the things that they that they used, um, as far as like Leo Five Live and the Twenty Four mm. Piece of Gold, like that was all stuff that I came up on my own. And then, uh, you know, I was posting like these videos on social media and like saying that it was Leo Five Live and I'm the Twenty Four Year Old Piece of Gold. And you know, the commentators just like started picking it up. And then the next thing I know, I'm like, it's on the video game, and they're saying it on the video game. And I'm like, mm. man, this is cool. <laughs> so I felt like I felt like it was. Uh, it was um, I had a lot of creative uh, freedom there because they saw what I was doing on social media and they saw that it was working and that it was catching on and it was catchy. And um, yeah, it was awesome. I, I love 205 and it, it's pretty cool to uh, to see that um, it's still going strong and people are still loving the product and it's, it's awesome. <laughs> And then you, you know you get the big call up to Raw, and I think that's what you know most of the wrestlers want because more national exposure. You're going to be on TV every week. You beat Elias. You know you kind of come in at, you know a little shock value. Like wow, who is this guy? If you haven't seen him at two or five or NXT, like oh, who is this guy? So when you get the call up, what is that experience like? Man, <laughs> I, I uh, again, it was it was surreal. Like like I said, everything was moving so fast. When I when I got the the call for that and you know hearing that I was going to be working with Bobby and I was like man what a uh, what an opportunity this is and it was so cool um, because I used to I mean I hate I hate to make him sound so old <laughs> but I was watching Bobby <laughs> when I was when I was younger on mm-hmm. TV so getting to getting to uh, to work with him was was incredible. And uh, I didn't. I didn't even know what I was going to be doing. I just remember showing up to 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 Raw and and finding out that I was going to be kind of his his uh, his hype man. Is what they what they kept calling me. He's going to be his hype man. His hype man. I was like, oh, is it his manager? Am I like his manager? Am I like his like sidekick? And I was like, no, you're going to like hype him up. So. I, I didn't really know what that was because <laughs> I never heard that before other than like, I don't know, like a hype man at like a rap concert or something like that. So mm. I didn't know, I didn't know what to expect. So we were kind of just like going with the flow and, you know, rolling with the punches and um, just throwing everything at the table and seeing what like stuck and what worked and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, that was, that was, that was super cool. It was really cool. So the initial pairing with Lashley, obviously, you know, you said you you've watched him for a while, which you know he's not that old, but you know that is funny that that you say that. But the chemistry <laughs> with you guys, what do you think about the chemistry? Because it seemed like it was going pretty good with you being the quote unquote hype man, manager, whatever you want to call it, with him. It seemed like it was going good. Yeah, yeah, it definitely was. Uh, he, um, we had so much fun with that, and um, we we took. Um, everything that we did on TV and kind of wanted to make it get, what am I trying to say? We basically took it to social media and wanted to see how far we could, you know, uh, prolong like the storyline. And we wanted people to see like the behind the scenes kind of stuff. And I feel like that definitely helped with our chemistry and it helped people, uh, watching, understand 
um, why we were together because I don't think that that was like really told like on screen. Like, why is Leo Rush here? Like, what is his relationship with Bobby? So we kind of wanted to tell that story to the fans um, on social media, and I think that's why people kind of started to to like the pairing so much and started to understand it and uh, see the chemistry between the both of us and um, you know doing all of those things uh, you know it it created this bond and friendship with me and Bobby uh, off screen um, that was completely unexpected and and uh, it made me you know gain an, an actual friend so that was that was pretty cool it was like a visual thing you know at first it was like okay we could definitely see that you know bobby lashley he's you know he's been this uh, amazing huge talent for all these years and now he's got this hype man with him and how the relationship came together i'll tell you what you could see the chemistry bleeding off the screen and, and that visual of the two of you was such a perfect mix and a gel and i guess you guys kind of felt that same way if your chemistry and your friendship kind of took off from there yeah, definitely. Definitely. We we had so much fun. It was it was so much fun doing that. How long into it did you guys realize that the chemistry was there? Uh I think I think uh the first the first um was that the first night or no? I think I believe it was the second week uh when I came out and I jumped over Elias and hopped off the table and uh Bobby like threw me out the ring and I remember I remember him just picking me up and like with all of his strength and not knowing how strong he was and he, he <laughs> pretty much damn near threw me over his head and I remember like falling back and he like like dead lifted me back up onto his shoulders and I was like oh yeah this is this is it like he's he's got my back <laughs> so uh yeah, I think from from that night on, we we knew that you know everything was gonna be was gonna be straight. Now, do you pick Bobby's brain on the road at all? Do you kind of try to get into that you know uh, that mindset of what he's been through, where he's you know what he's seen, what he's been through himself on the road? You know, do you kind of pick up the chemistry that way too, just kind of picking each other's brains? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, especially doing like live events, you know, always being being able to. Uh, to um work with bobby every week uh all week um we would like stay at the same uh hotels and we would get like a bite to eat um before like the live shows and we always had time to sit back and and um chat about wrestling and chat about things outside of wrestling and um there was always an opportunity to pick his brains and i was so uh so fortunate for that to be able to have such a, a veteran in the wrestling business and being able to learn from him um, and how to like portray myself uh, on screen and how we could fit uh, two characters together to get the best out of it. Yeah, I think that's where that man of the hour really fits in perfectly for you because you really did kind of dominate that when you come on screen. You got that old school style, you know, heat from the crowd. They were definitely starting to hate you. They were starting to boo you. And I think, uh, you know, whether you are a baby face and you're doing those amazing moves that you do or you're getting behind the stick and you're kind of aggravating everybody, I think that you guys were the perfect pair and that you really elevated that man of the hour status. Definitely. Thank you. Thank you for that. I'm 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 super happy that everybody was uh 
enjoyed that, that the way that they did, whether they hated it and they, they I feel like people love to, to hate it. So that was, that was all we were trying to get out of that was, and it, was, it came out awesome. And obviously, you know, the feud with Finn Balor was pretty cool because, you know, you're helping him win the IC title, but you're also getting TV time and you're having tag matches together and you're wrestling long matches. Is that, you know, a, a really good thing that it's almost like, okay, we trust these guys with not two minutes, three minutes. You know, you're getting eight, 10, 12, 15 minute matches. Is that like a good thing that they show some trust in you? They're giving you long matches together. Oh yeah, for sure. I felt like um, I definitely uh, gained the trust from uh, a lot of people just because of, um, like I said, the things that I was that I was doing on social media, and um, I felt like people took notice to how much effort I put into uh, like my social media promos and and stuff like that, and it, just being able to like work with Bobby, and obviously if Bobby is working with these guys and I would be working with these guys too. And it was so cool to be able to be paired up with him and uh, have that opportunity to work with these top guys and guys that, that know all of the ins and outs uh, of the business. And it was, it was pretty cool. It was pretty surreal to, to share the ring with those guys, especially as long, like you said, we, we weren't getting like two or three minutes. We were getting, we were getting eight to 10 minutes on top of like promo segments every, every week on raw. So it was definitely a pretty cool, uh, learning experience. Did you feel like they almost dropped you guys too quickly or almost too soon? Cause it seemed like it was rolling along and then you kind of almost, you know, you call them the IC title. So you kind of broke up and you kind of get back together, but do you think they broke you guys off too soon? Cause it seemed like there was a, a lot more that could be done with you guys together. Oh yeah, I mean, there's always uh, there's always so much more that um, that you could do and what could have been done, uh, especially with you know my brain always going crazy and and thinking about different uh, ideas and there's so many like different characters on screen. Um, there's always a, a plethora of um, scenarios that could have uh, played out and. Um, yeah, I, I feel like it. It was definitely something that was uh, brewing into. Let me see, something that could have been, but you know, things never work out the way that they're supposed to work out. So uh, you just gotta, like I said, roll with the punches, and um, whatever comes up next, you gotta keep going through it. Yeah, it's one of those things where sometimes they just kind of leave stuff on the table. It's like, man, that could have been something, or you know, it could have been something long, something longer. Were you kind of, you know, feeling more comfortable in the managerial role, or are you always wanting to be a wrestler? Because it's it's funny. It's like they did, you know. Obviously, you're still wrestling, you're still on TV, set, but it's almost like you're doing a lot of the hype man managerial stuff, but maybe not wrestling as much. Were you kind of feeling more of the managerial stuff, or do you want to be wrestling more? Um, I think it was a little bit of both. Uh, uh, of course, I'm 20, 24 years old. I, uh, my body is still intact. I, I, I got like my blood pumping. I, and I, my dream was to be a professional wrestler my entire life. And um, I've been an athlete my entire life as well. So it's very, it's very hard for me to sit and not 
do anything athletically. <laughs> so it was it was weird. I'm not going to lie. It was weird at first, and it took some time to get used to. But at the same time, uh, being able to be in that managerial role and speak literally every week, and it, it definitely gave me uh, confidence. I didn't think that I had and not even just confidence speaking in front of a crowd, but uh, confidence in um, just being an all around performer and, um, you know, getting to practice uh, different like demeanors and different uh, ways of performing and um, drawing different emotions out of people. And I felt like uh, being in that role definitely helped me uh, figure a lot of that stuff out. So I definitely enjoyed it. But at the same time, of course, I definitely wanted to to uh, to wrestle more because you know that's that's my that's my dream. My dream has always to been to be a professional wrestler, and my goal was to always show um, people that you know I can be uh, one of the one of the best uh, professional wrestlers in the world at, at the age that I am. It is kind of cool in, in a way that, you know, they, they put you in a position like, so say, you know, as hype man, and you kind of, like you said, you find your confidence, you see that maybe, oh, wow, maybe they saw something in me that I didn't realize I had. You know, I'm, I'm good on the mic. I, I can get people to hate me. You know, I can really rile up the crowd. It, it is kind of cool in that aspect where it's almost like, wow, you know, I'm showing a different side of myself, showing some more range. And, and you know, maybe I didn't necessarily know I had it. But look, now there's another uh, bullet in the holster. Now I got that on my side, right? You know, you have another thing that you can kind of put out, uh, you know, on, on the resume, so to speak. Well, I could do this and I could do that. Definitely. And that's kind of how I always looked at at everything, um, and not just in the WWE, but I I've always been uh, somebody to go out there and see what I can do, and kind of put that on my resume. And when I was on uh, when I was on the independent circuit, I never wanted to uh, stay in a, a place for too long. I always was ready to move on to the next thing to kind of like build that resume and say, Oh, Hey, I can do this. I can do this. And I've been here. I've been here. I've been here. And I, I always feel like as long as I'm somewhere for a certain amount of time and I make an impact, uh, where I am, uh, I think it's ready. It's uh time to, you know, move on to the next thing to kind of build that resume. So it was pretty cool to, uh, to uh, showcase that I can not only wrestle, but I can talk on the mic. And the same as, hey, I've not only been in NXT, but I've been in 205. I've been, to, you know, I've been on Mixed Match Challenge. I've been to NXT UK. I've worked, you know, on Monday Night Raw. So it's, it's pretty cool that I've been able to put my foot in all these little things to, to uh, kind of build my resume up. And the thing is with you, it's like, man, you know, you haven't been on WWE TV really since basically March 18th. So it's been a couple months. It's, you know, you haven't been around and the fans are missing you, but you still stay very active on social media. You know, like, like we were saying, obviously the music and you're, you're going to become a little bit more popular in that aspect. But even less the therapy videos, it's like you still stay relevant even though you're not on TV. Definitely. I'm also going to be uh, coming out, and I just posted about this actually before we got on here, but me and my wife are actually going to be doing a podcast about 
all things paranormal, uh, about uh, experiences with, um, you know, things like creatures and just weird things that people have been going through or have gone through or paranormal stuff and activity that people have experienced in their lives. So we're going to be doing that podcast uh, really soon because I've actually and my wife have gone through some like weird paranormal things. So I thought that it was a pretty cool idea to uh, to talk about that. Wow, you are getting out there. You are a diverse guy, that's for sure. You're getting out there. You're doing that. You're doing the therapy videos. You got music. You know, uh, I think the only thing you know we're, we're dying to see is maybe a possible a WWE return as well. I mean, we kind of missed you seeing you on TV as well. Oh yeah, for sure. And I miss, of course, I, I miss, uh, I miss the fans. I miss, you know, doing what I love. And um, you know, I uh, like the saying goes never say never. And, um, I'm only 24 years old. And of course I, I, I still want to, uh, to wrestle and be a part of, you know, um, my dream company. So I'm pretty sure that, um, it won't be the last time that you see me, uh, in a ring, but it's pretty cool that I get to, uh, have this opportunity to, again, spend some time with my family, um, because I haven't been able to, uh, that much or as much as I would like to since signing with the WWE and also get to take this time out to work on projects that I've always wanted to work on, like this single that I that I just put out. Very, very cool. And obviously we're going to hit the wind down button and head towards the finish line. I got to ask this because you've had so many good matches throughout your career. I mean, it's really a young career, like five, six years you've been in the business, a very, very young career, but so many kind of memorable moments and memorable matches. Do you have some favorite matches throughout your career? Because even if you even go through CZW, ROH, MCW, PWG, I mean, you've been kind of obviously WWE and 205 and NXT and NXT UK, but you've kind of been all over the place. Do you have some favorites? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, of course my, my time on the independent circuit, I, I, I definitely feel like my most memorable uh, matches uh, and my personal favorites have always been with Joey Janela. Uh, people have always been so invested in in that kind of storyline and that in that uh, program that any time me and Joey did anything, not even just a CZW, but when we went over to uh, you know to California or back home in Maryland for MCW. Um, those have always been pretty cool. I think in, in ROH, I always loved working with, uh, with Jay White. Um, I, I was his first match uh, in Ring of Honor, so that was pretty cool. I know that he's doing some pretty big things right now over in New Japan. Um, so that's pretty cool to see what he's, uh, what he's accomplishing in the wrestling world. And um, I think in, in WWE, like all of the stuff that I've been doing with Bobby have been incredible, you know. There a lot of people uh, didn't get to see, you know, like tag matches that we did or like on the live shows. But the stuff that we did do on screen, um, like the I believe it was the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view uh, where we had that like handicap match. Uh, any of the things that I've been that I've done with with Bobby have always been pretty enjoyable. So those are by far my favorites. Now, with you, it's so young in your career but is there and you've wrestled you know so many great guys and 
almost everybody could wrestle, but is there some dream matches out there? Is there some matches where you say in your head, like, I got to wrestle this guy, you know, sooner rather than later? Oh, um, yeah, definitely. Uh, there's, there's a few guys. I, I think one that always sticks out to me though, is Rey Mysterio. Um, he, he's been an idol, uh, to me, you know, my entire life, a uh, big reason why I got into uh, professional wrestling. And, uh, um, he can still go. He is crazy. Mm, <laughs> so is that nuts? I yep. would, uh, I would love to, um, to wrestle, uh, Ray Mysterio one day. And, uh, I, I definitely think that AJ Styles is on that list. I would love to, to, to work with AJ. Um, so, yeah, there, I mean, there's there's plenty of people that I would love to wrestle and that are on that list, but I think the the top one for me is I would definitely say Rey Mysterio. I'll tell you what, Leo, you've come a long way since uh, seeing you in 2016 back in uh, ROH TV tapings, and to hear you sound like this rugged, you know, old school veteran, it's really cool to see that <laughs> that this this song "Scenic Lullaby" really mirrors this journey that you've just taken us on over the last hour. But I got to say, like as we kind of get into the wrap up here, you know, what would you think the biggest misconception of you is? Because this this scenic lullaby is your story. I mean, just listening to it and watching the video, man, this is looking deep into your soul. But what would you say to the wrestling fans? The biggest misconception is about Leo Rush. Um, I always felt like uh, I've always felt like I've been a kind of a misunderstood uh, guy, just because of how I am, and you know, I, I I've gone through so much in, in my life, and I, I've probably gone through. Um, a lot more than a teenager probably should go through. And uh, it kind of forced me to, you know, have this um, demeanor about me. It's kind of forced me to grow up a, a little bit um, mentally and kind of have this mindset uh, to succeed um, and this mindset to um, not only work for me but work for my family and I feel like being 24 years old um, I feel like a lot of people take it as arrogance and I've always I've always heard that and it kind of it kind of (laughs) hurts to be to be honest because um, I feel like I'm a pretty you know down-to-earth kind of nice guy I'm pretty quiet most of the time and I feel like um, a lot of people see that on-screen character and see that, oh, my God, he's so loud, he's so brash, he's so obnoxious and stuff like that. And then they see me not on screen and they see me quiet and not really talking and they kind of turn it into, oh, he's cocky, he's arrogant because he's this way on television. And it's like, no, I'm just, this is just me. I'm a, I'm a pretty, I'm just always in my head. I'm always thinking and, um yeah, it's, it's it's a weird thing, man. Um, I, I'm never, I'm I'm not too good at at explaining uh, why I feel the way the, why why I feel the way I feel or how I feel the way I feel. But I'm a pretty deep uh, individual, and I and I I think a lot about you know what my what my next move is and what I'm gonna do and what I'm gonna say and. Um, yeah, it's weird, but that's, that's pretty much how I feel like people perceive me. But uh, yeah, I think I think 
<laughs> I don't think I'm I'm uh, that bad of a person. <laughs> I got to tell you, that means you do your job right. If that's what people think, that means that you do your job right. And sometimes they can't separate the uh, the television persona from what it is in real life. But you know, knowing how we've uh, kind of gotten to know you through uh, the the world of professional wrestling, you know, you're you're a dedicated family man. That's awesome. And now you're sharing your soul with us in this musical endeavor. Which please now, as we bring it here into the uh, the end of the interview, tell the fans where they can get a hold of this song. I was able to watch the video on YouTube, but please share with the listeners of the Two Man Power Trip where they can get this single as well as check out anything going on in the world of Leo Rush. Yes, sir. You can, uh, for anybody watching, anybody or listening, anybody who's a fan of the man of the hour, Leo Rush, you can follow me on Twitter at It's Leo Rush. You can follow me on Instagram at Rush Leo Rush. You can also download my new single, Scenic Lullaby, uh, on all platforms. Download on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, uh, anywhere that you can think of. Download it now. You can also watch the music video to this on my YouTube channel. And I'll tell you what, if you want to do any ghost tours down in the uh, the Northern Virginia area, just come on down and I'll take you to a couple because uh, you can have podcast content for weeks with some of the weird shit that goes on in Virginia. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. I definitely, uh, I've definitely heard about a few weird things over there. <laughs> so i, I got to make my way over there. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, Leah, we really appreciate you spending the time with us tonight and obviously you know best of luck to you with the future with whatever it's got to hold whether it's in the music industry whether it's through those ropes no matter what it is when we look five years down the road i'm sure we'll be looking deep into the soul of leo rush definitely thank you guys so much for having me on i really appreciate it thanks for listening to the two-man power trip of wrestling what the world is downloading Shabbily passing, rooms full of passion, coops full of trash with, booze in the backseat, tools I was lacking for fame and reactions, ghosts from my past was closing and faster, choking on cabbage, days full of laughter, weeks full of pain, evil way tactics, love in my right hand, hate in my heart, girl in my left eye, worlds were apart, pain in my chest, these words can express my love for the game, I'm going insane. I remember long nights on those dark days When my heart was black, my mind stuck in a dark place Found my way out, I had to go where the sharks play Just to be free and think of all of the smart ways Damn, my dreams It was never as glorious as the same It was dark, it was cold, the promised land I was told It put my mind in the clouds, it turned my heart in a mold I'm in the fight of my life